Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thursday, May 21st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'll be joined shortly by our guest, Jordan Bastian from MLB.com, the Cubs beat reporter and former Indians beat reporter here uh, in Cleveland. He covered the the Indians for several seasons uh, after coming over from Toronto. Uh, Jordan, a great guy, good friend, and uh, an expert right now uh, that the Indians fans can use as a resource to, to sort of break down the National League Central, as the Indians will likely face uh, each of the teams in the NL Central at least six times uh, during whatever sort of abbreviated uh, season we get underway here, possibly in July. Uh, all that yet to be worked out, but can't hurt to, to sort of run down and preview some of these teams that the Indians will be facing, and who better to, to talk about NL Central teams than Jordan Bastion, guy who's uh, been two seasons now or a season in and a spring training of, uh, of covering the Cubs and knowing the ins and outs of, of Joe Madden and his crew. So we look forward to talking to uh, our good friend Jordan Bastian here shortly when we come back on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, we're joined by MLB.com Cubs reporter Jordan Bastian. Jordan, great to talk to you. Uh, been a while, but not too long. And, you know, uh, we, we miss you around here. We miss you in Cleveland. But uh, how are things out in Chicago, and, and how's things been since the the uh, isolation, since the quarantine happened? Yeah, Joe, great to see your face. You got the nice beard going. That's that's nice. Working um, on it. Yeah. No, I mean, things are good. Family's good. Um, the, I've been trying to just focus on the silver lining in all of this, which is, as you know, as a beat reporter, you know, I'm usually on the road a lot of this time of year, and being here for – things with my kids you know I'm experiencing parts of their lives I never got to experience so it's kind of nice like I don't usually get to go for long bike rides with my son or be part of uh, school with my daughter you know even if it's e-school you know Mm -hmm. like we're doing right Um, so I've been trying to really hone in on those silver linings all this and get the most out of it and and just enjoy it Um, it's been unique challenge for writers right now Um, I think we're all a little tired of writing about things that happened in the past and we want to start writing about things that are going to be happening. So I'm following along with the reports and news and talks between the MLB and MLBPA, just like everybody trying to figure out what this season, if we have a season is going to look like and 
um, yeah, missed you guys too. I was just having breakfast with my kids. They both had Cleveland Indians hats on because it was bright outside. Um, it's progressive field. It's a picture of my son at the last game we went to last year when, when we were still in the process of moving. So a lot of, a lot of memories, great memories in Cleveland and, uh, you know, happy to be here talking to you today. Well, you know, I've, I've seen a following on social media. I see, uh, you in the yard playing with, uh, with, with your daughter playing catch and, uh, that's great. I'm, I'm just waiting for, uh, one of those moments like the, the cookie Carrasco video where his, uh, his, his son. Uh, takes one and whacks it and hits him right in the uh, right in the stomach. <laughs> I'm just waiting for one of those moments uh, to come through. But no, it's great to see you know basically you uh, through social media flourishing out there in in, in Chicago uh, after you, you move and relocating the family and everything. Uh, how what's the difference uh, between uh, Indians fans and Cubs fans? Uh, what's the reception been uh, since you coming on the beat here uh, there in Chicago and and how's how's the transition been? Yeah, uh, it's comparing fan bases. I'd say it's pretty similar. Just there's just such a huge uh, amount of Cubs fans, as you know. I mean, nationally, I mean, people. Yeah, we we saw we saw a lot of them here at Game Seven. Don't worry, we yeah, we're still bitter about that. Right, but I would say baseball fans very similar. One thing I always appreciated about Cleveland fans was how smart they were as fans. So a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you get the people you mute and block on Twitter, but then there's the, the smart, intelligent fans that really can engage in, in great conversation and debate. And I feel that's very similar here in Chicago. It's just the scale is different. I think that's, that's really the only difference. People who grew up with WGN outside of Chicago, you know, a lot of them were Cubs fans by default, similar with Braves fans. You find mm-hmm. a lot of Braves fans in random places because of TBS back in the day. Um, so I think, just that national scale is a little different, but as far as fan to fan, um, I'd say very similar just in terms of being really smart, um, educated baseball fans. And that, I love that. Those are the fans I like engaging with. All right. You, uh, you touched on uh, a little bit ago, the, uh, you know, sort of the glacial pace that this is moving at with these negotiations and this, are they going to play? Are they not going to play? And, and how difficult it's been for, for us as, as baseball writers to, to sort of follow this and, and really have any sort of new material to, to, right. you know, present to our, our readers. Uh, is, is that really been the, the biggest challenge of this whole uh, isolation? We we were so close. We were two weeks away from, from yeah. a first pitch. Everything was ramped up and, and geared up for those, those final two weeks of spring training where, you know, all your preview stuff was, was going to start hitting. And then, you know, it's tuck it away in a file and, and just wait. Yeah, and the, and one thing is, you know, you think, oh, well, we're used to being at home in the off season. This is nothing like the off season. The, in the off season, you had potential news or trades lingering overhead, and you didn't know when it was going to come down. And I think right now, we're, we don't know what we're waiting for to come down. So you're kind of in this this sort of mental limbo of at least in the off season, I'm sort of always mentally on call, like ready mm-hmm. for this thing to happen. And here I'm like, you know, as you know, you're sitting at home and you're trying to figure out, well, what, what can I make happen? What can I revisit? Right. What can I uh, focus on, write about, you know, what type of lists would fans be interested right now? What type of features, things like that. And that's been a challenge. Um, so I think that's, that's been a little different 
I mean, I, next month, my wife and I were going to be going to London for the Cardinals and the Cubs London trip. Obviously, that's not happening. Um, and so, yeah, this season's been really upended. And um, I think there's a lot more real world issues at stake that are mm-hmm. far more important than uh, my canceled vacation to London. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I'm happy that we're all we're all safe and, you know, we have employment and things like that. So I think there's, I, I live next door to two nurses, you know, and they're, we got a, wow. they got a sign in their yard, two heroes live here that somebody put. And, you know, I see So right there every day, you know, there it is and it's real. And, you know, so I think when you keep that perspective, it's important. Yeah. It's, it's good to have that kind of perspective as well. It, it, we, we, we never really knew the, uh, or, or we knew we just didn't talk about the value of teachers at, the, at this point. And uh, parents right. are fi- parents are finding out rather quickly, uh, you know, since this whole thing happened, uh, how much my, my wife's a teacher and, and just that, to see her uh, and, and the, the heartbreak, uh, you know, not being able to engage with their kids the way that they're used to having to do it over mm-hmm. a computer now is, is, is really tough. But but we'll come out of this better for it, I'm, I'm sure. And 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 one of the things, you know, that we, we sort of now have been able to look forward to with all these these rumors and these talks about you know, possibly starting back up and if they can get the financial stuff all squared away. And I don't even want to get into any of that because that's, it's been gone over a million times, but you know, we've, we've got the July 4th holiday weekend, you know, whatever that, that as a target date and and maybe we're going to start playing then. Uh, And if that does happen, the, what the the plans really call for uh, is the, this sort of uh, regionalized uh, NL central versus AL central, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, universal dh and all that kind of stuff so so really what i the reason i wanted to talk to you was you're you're knowledgeable of the or your knowledge of the the, the nl central is probably better than any of the, the writers around here so uh you know <laughs> if you want to if you want to sort of give us a quick and dirty uh preview of, of of the teams and the the opponents that the indians would be facing in the the nl central uh as 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 part of this whatever modified schedule um, it'd be great, uh, you know, just to start with the Cubs and, and what they've done in the off season and, and how they're looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, relatively speaking, I think Cincinnati was the most active over mm-hmm. the winter. Um, the Cubs were pretty inactive due to financial issues, which again, now this is going to be a, another set of questions with the luxury tax threshold and, and how this 2020 season is going to impact, um, teams that are, were projected to be over or under and you know, what salaries they're going to look like and what does this mean for 2021 things I didn't have to worry about in Cleveland when I covered the Indians. Um, I'm going to have to answer a lot of those questions for 2021 covering the Cubs because they were right at that level. Um, mm-hmm. And that really impacted how they approached their winter, which was uh, a very familiar winter that I, from things I've covered in the past where they were trying to find um, some non-roster invitees that were in, intriguing and potential big league roster guys, uh, some under the radar trades or a rule five pick guys that you could see a skill that, that maybe would play at the big league level or um, really in Jason Kipnis on a, on a minor league deal with mm-hmm. the idea that he could maybe win the second base job and still show that he has something left in the tank. And, um, but Cincinnati, you know, getting back to the, the division as a whole, um, Cincinnati really was aggressive this winter and I think was the sexy pick for everyone as, as that upstart team with a, a really deep rotation and a dynamic offense. I think their their defense, when you go around, kind of leaves a little something to be desired. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're hoping to just outmatch teams. 
the the Cubs are still going to be good. They're solid. They, they're star built. I mean, they have all their mm-hmm. big big guys here, but they're potentially ending the the end of their window. Um, Cardinals won the division last year. Uh, solid team was really quiet over the winter as well. Um, so I think they're counting on just that team from last year continuing to be good. Um, and then obviously the Pirates are deep in the depths of a rebound. <laughs> uh, so you don't. You, you can pick up some wins there, hopefully, if you're the if you're the tribe and you're matching up against them, because that's a pretty natural team to be facing, kind of right down the road. Right, nice little uh, two-hour drive. Yeah, so that's the yeah. I wish there would have been more Cleveland Pittsburgh games when I worked there. I thought right. that would have been a better better rivalry to kind of stoke, just because you know you like the Browns and the Steelers is such a rivalry. I thought the the baseball side could have done a little more there. Well, and I saw a, I saw a realignment, an early realignment plan that had Pittsburgh playing against the the AL East teams, and and I thought, boy, somebody in the uh, Yankees office must have drawn up this uh, this proposal to get Pittsburgh <laughs> out there, you know, uh, put a weaker team in the East and and have us playing yeah. the Indians playing Atlanta. Uh, I, I thought, wow, that, that really kind that doesn't of doesn't make me. sense. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a lot there. But uh, anything in Milwaukee? Did they? Uh, did they? Yeah, Mil- I mean, Milwaukee is going to be good. I don't really know how to what to make of them. They're all, they still have Christian Yelich. Mm-hmm. They still have Josh Hader. But as kind of again to relate it back to the Indians, you remember when you have a really top heavy talent roster, mm-hmm. there's a lot of room for for flaw there. And they really rebuilt their like they almost went out and rebuilt their entire infield over the winter. Um, and I don't know if it's good or bad. It's a really hard team for me to peg. On, on what they're going to be this year, mm-hmm. but they're going to be in it. They're, as long as they have those stars, they're still going to be in it as well. But I think you're looking at kind of, a, 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 you know, between the Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, and Reds. I mean, it's a pretty – it's a wide-open race for that division title, and even more so if you're looking at a shortened season. One right. of those teams gets hot. I mean, you've seen what a team can do in a, in a half post or pre-All-Star break. Um, I mean, we're looking at a season that's going to be that. Uh, if we have one. And I think that's going to be really interesting is there's going to be a lot more leeway for a team to be uh, in unexpected success um, in a short sample. I think that's going to be, you know, kind of intriguing to see what happens there. Well, and, and with expanded playoffs, they're talking more teams making the playoffs too. Now you mentioned Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, Cincinnati's sort of rebuild and they've, they've really added so much. That really started back in July when they added Trevor Bauer. And then that, that sort of, you know, they had Sonny Gray already, but they add Trevor Bauer. They've, they've added all these. They've had, you know, uh, decent arms in that starting rotation. It, it, are they built more for a season like this, uh, w- what we're anticipating, because that rotation is, is very strong up top? Yeah, and they got a really uh, some good late arms too, and that's right. another thing. When you think about as you're, if you're a manager and you know you only have 82 games, you know, and you you can maybe be a little quick if your starter's bad, you know, and you want to pull them, you know, and go to that bullpen early, you can afford to do that. You know, if your starter's really good and you want to ride them, you know, you can do that too because you're not thinking for six months; you're thinking for a short season. And they really, to your point, last year, to use one of Tito's expressions, to your point. Um, uh, they made those trades really with, with 2021 and and beyond in mind, because I, they were kind of in the mix last Mm -hmm. year, but, or I'm sorry. Yeah. With 2020, I'm already looking ahead to 2021. We've already made those. We know. 
right. They made those moves with this this season in mind right. um, because they were kind of competing, but not really. It would have taken a really strong run down that stretch, and, and they didn't have that in them. Um, so I think you were seeing kind of that construction for the 2020 roster, and you saw more of that fall into place over the winter. So, yeah, you're, I think you're right. You know, I think the depth of the rotation, the bullpen, and the dynamic offense, you know, some of that stuff, if they get hot, they – they have the parts to be strong over a half and potentially make up for some of those defensive um, flaws that I was kind of pointing to earlier. Cause if I were looking at a six month season, I think, I think defense maybe rear, rears its ugly head a little more in the mm-hmm. long run. But if you're looking at short term, you just, it's really hard to predict. All right. Uh, and, and not to belabor Cincinnati, obviously I don't know. You're the Cubs reporter, not the Reds reporter, but the, uh, um, right. Uh, the institution of a, a universal DH makes that uh, uh, Castellanos mm-hmm. signing even better for them. Totally, because you were having a debate about about even with Mustakas, kind of how how are you going to make these puzzle pieces fit? And if you know now, I can slot one of them as a DH or rotate them around in a DH and potentially make that defense better and things like that. Uh, that's dynamic. That's going to be an interesting conversation in Chicago as well because. Kyle Schwarber is obviously the guy that everyone thinks of automatically um, mm-hmm. as a as a DH candidate for obvious reasons. He's built himself into a pretty decent outfielder, but if he DHs, um, you could improve the outfield defense for the Cubs. And if he doesn't DH, they've got a guy like Steven Souza Jr., who they got to mash lefties, and mm-hmm. he's coming back from a knee injury. Oh, man, well, now if I can use a DH kind of keep him off his feet and just utilize his bat, you know, that's something I can in the infield and all three outfield spots, mostly an outfielder. You know, how do you best utilize him in the field or do I slot him as a DH and, you know, go with the best defensive outfield? You know, there's there's a lot of conversations there that each of these teams are going to be having. Um, and I, don't, I, I think we're kind of beyond the days of just seeing whether you're an American League team or a National League team of just – your one guy is the DH. They're, they're going to look at ways to rotate and maximize platoons and, and prioritize defense. And, and that's going to cause some daily differences in the lineups. And I think that's very true for Cincinnati and maybe a very great benefit to them and the Cubs well, as well. And it's true here in Cleveland as well. When, when you see them trying to work Framil Reyes into the outfield right. and, and give him some uh, opportunities out there, uh, it's, it's to free up other positions and other guys to be able to move around. You know, Tito talked uh, earlier in the offseason about that having that flexibility, you know, and, and being uh, something that he, he wanted and was looking forward to be able to, to do this year. So you, you let it, you sort of let it out there a little bit. Uh, we, we got a glimpse. Uh, your, your Tito impersonation, have you been able to use that uh, <laughs> uh, around Joe Madden? Have you, have you pulled it off, you know, from a, a room outside to make him think that Tito was, was in the next room? Or uh, any, any uh, has, the, has the Tito impersonation come in handy? Because it was always a favorite here in uh, in the press box at, at Progressive Field. Oh, it just comes in handy among the uh, the writers. It, you know what's <laughs> been funny is when I was in Cleveland, as you know, anytime I would reference Toronto, where I ding. used to be the beat writer as well, ding. And now in Cleveland, or, I'm sorry, see, I don't even know where I am now. Now in Chicago, if I reference Cleveland, uh, the writers here will say ding. They ding the bell. Um, there you go. Yeah, they, they ding the bell. So if I reference a, a Tito story, I get I hear ding, 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 ding. You know, so it's funny to see. You know, some great tried and true traditions uh, can 
can carry on even well, even if I move. Yeah, well, I got to know, you know, in the move, in the process, did you did you have it as part of your contract with MLB.com that uh, you had to be within a mile of a Starbucks when you moved? Because <laughs> I, I can't imagine that that you, you've and and how's it been? Geez, how's it been on isolation with that without having access to the Starbucks? I, I what's are you going through withdrawal? What's going on? Yeah, you know, I've been uh, K cupping it up uh, for for <laughs> a couple months here. And I'll tell you what, the other day, one of our, one of our Starbucks finally opened their drive-through. Uh, we're, I think we're a little more strict here in Illinois because Chicago has been one of the higher right. um, rates. I'm, I'm outside Chicago by a good bit. So I've actually been happy with where we live. I'm not in the urban center and, you know, I don't have to worry about my kids going outside. Mm-hmm. It's been nice. But yeah, the other day, my wife brought me a, a real cup of coffee from Starbucks and I think I got more work done that day than I had in the last three months. And I was like, I knocked out a full week's worth of assignments in one day. And I was like, it's, it's gotta be the coffee. Yeah. You know, it's like MJ and his shoes for me, it's the coffee. It's gotta oh. be the coffee. What's it been like being, being around Chicago with, with this documentary and, and now with all the fallout coming from this documentary, uh, the, the last dance, uh, obviously. And, and were you, were you growing up around in Chicago at, at that time when, oh, yeah. when the Bulls were making oh, that yeah. run? So that's got, this has got to be touching you on a, on a very personal level. Yeah, that was uh, fun to watch for my wife and I, cause we grew up here right in the midst of that. Obviously being named Jordan, everyone, when I was growing up thought I was named after Michael Jordan and I wasn't, I was named after the river. Uh, my, my dad's a minister, <laughs> my dad. My dad's a minister, so I was named after a river uh, over in the Middle East. Um, and but what's funny is, so when we moved here, I was when we moved here, I was three and a half, and we moved from California. My mom, God bless her, um, she was a big sports fan, but mostly baseball, not really basketball or anything else. And she was shopping, and she saw Air Jordan T-shirts for little kids, and so she bought a bunch for me. I had a black Air Jordan shirt and I had a red Air Jordan shirt and my mom thought they were for an airline and we moved to Chicago and I'm walking around wearing Air Jordan and they're like, Oh, Air Jordan. You're the man. (laughs) And I'm, you know, I'm like four or five or whatever. And they would say stuff to my mom and my mom didn't know what on earth they were talking about. So she, she eventually figured out that uh, Michael Jordan was this pretty big basketball sports star in our town um and that that's what those t-shirts were but i always cracked up that she thought they were for an airline but um it, it was a blast re-watching it reliving some of those memories there were things that i didn't remember from individual games obviously mm-hmm. as a fan when you're a kid growing up in it um you're not really into the drama like i didn't i didn't know all about all that i knew about it in hindsight from reading right. things right but as a kid i didn't know i didn't know all that drama was going on i was just watching bulls games so it was fun to kind of now as an adult and as a sports writer uh, to kind of, that's a whole different perspective on, on things that I didn't, I didn't realize. It's been fun seeing other players respond um, and things like that. I've, it's been fun going through my basement, digging out old bulls pennants and, mm-hmm. and little items and collective. I had the MJ posters up in my room and all that stuff, which I'm sure Cleveland fans love to hear. Right. Um, but uh hey you know what yeah, some, uh, some of us yeah. had mj some of us had mj posters as well so don't worry about that uh it, it was fun i find out from hoinsey that he was at that first that 1993 retirement uh announcement press conference that huge press conference he was he actually was there. there he was covering oh, what, wow, cool. he, he was covering the alcs at the time 
and they told them to go up and and they're like know, get over re- to the Chicago yeah, Stadium and and find out what you can. And so he was in. I'm looking. Awesome. I'm scanning the crowd shots trying to find him, and that was kind of neat. Uh, and then just the whole part with uh, with Tito and Barney in in episode seven, I thought was was fantastic. I thought that was the best episode of the whole series. And just that was the most I ever heard Barney speak. <laughs> <laughs> we actually I mean, had Barney's. Yeah, Barney's great. Uh, I loved I loved Barney. We're uh, working with him and talking with him, and uh, yeah, that episode was fantastic. Just to see a uh, different perspective. Yeah, we we had Barney on a podcast before that episode aired, and it was just it was really neat just to hear some of the same stories come through. Uh, yeah, the you know speaking of rewatching and sort of reliving memories uh, on STO uh, the last couple of the last two weeks actually. They've been the winning streak, re- right? Yeah, they've been re-airing every night. They've yeah. been re-airing the the episodes of the winning streak. I think they're mm-hmm. up to seventeen games right now. Uh, just you know, for me, obviously, we were both on the beat at the time. You know, living living through that, and experiencing it. Uh, for me, it's all sort of a blur right now. Not a lot really stands out until you get to like the final three or four games there when that was happening, and that was just like a circus. You know, back home at at, at yeah, national media coming out every night. Uh, does anything really stand out to you? Any memories, uh, you know, stand out from being in there and covering that streak uh, to you uh, as well, you're seeing these highlights come through on Twitter and whatnot? Yeah, first of all, I wish that season would have had a better ending um, yeah. because that streak deserved to be more a part of just the baseball conversation. And, like, the A's 20-game winning streak is, like, still talked about, and I think a lot of it is because of the book money ball obviously and mm-hmm. and those teams but i feel like that team with the, that cleveland team I, 2016 was great but i felt like that that next year you know that team really came together and and i thought this was the team that was going to roll and get back to the world series and then i thought it would have been a great story to tell if we had a, a better ending it would have yeah. been a great story to kind of write about that streak and on all the components of it because what stood out to me about it was how many different individual game heroes there were. Mm-hmm. You had a game that allowed Eric Gonzalez to have the spotlight in Chicago when he had two right. homers. You had a game when Yandy Diaz uh, was a hero. You know, you had all these different, you know, Jay Bruce coming in in, in the big game. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously those moments, I thought what stood out to me was when you, when you sort of looked at who – who did the streak, it was the whole team. Every single guy on that roster sort of had their moment. And I thought that was what was so beautiful about that winning streak. And I thought it would have been a great story to tell because each each chapter would have felt like I can hone in on this player for this chapter and this player for the next one. Right. And, you know, maybe Zach Meisel will write that book someday. Well, uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's uh, or, or Zach or uh, Anthony. I've got uh, Anthony. Yeah, we we just go. talked to Anthony Castrovins yesterday. Uh, for me, the the starting pitching was really the the story uh, of that, and, and the the way that that rotation just dominated each time through. And it wasn't just like one turn through the rotation; it was like three turns through the rotation, and each guy had a chance to to step in. And I remember it was, I believe it was Clevenger who said, "You know, we we feel a responsibility to the other guys." in the rotation, like to, to just keep this going and not be the guy to let this, you know, to come out with a stinker outing or something like that and, and, and let this whole thing go fall apart. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that was, was just the playoff like atmosphere late in the year mm-hmm. that you normally wouldn't have 
in that environment. And I thought that was another reason I thought they were going to make a deep run in the playoffs was they were like battle tested and ready because of the types of crowds and, and things that they were experiencing before the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think the 2016, when it ended, it felt like they were still sort of fired up. They were disappointed, but fired up to get back to spring mm-hmm. and let's go. I can't believe we just made it to the world series. And then 2017 was just like, just the gut punch of gut punches. Right. It was like this, this huge missed opportunity. And I, I think that team was so, so much fun. I, I think that was the best Indians team I covered. Right. Um, the 2017 even though the 16 team got to the world series well and you know it as it turns out it doesn't matter if they would have gotten past the yankees or not because they would have lost the astros uh it was already predetermined that they lose the astros because of garbage cans and and video games so who knows about that my one one last thought about that streak though uh my my favorite you know individual moment or or whatever was uh I, i believe uh pedro uh Pedro Gomez was there working for ESPN in the press box uh, and covering the last, the final games. And when the streak finally ended and we were all there sort of waiting for Tito's post-game press conference, we're in the, the auxiliary room waiting for Tito to come out. And Pedro had been needling Hoinsey, you know, the whole time. He's like, come yeah. on, we, we need yep. a hot call. We need a hot call. And he, he, he hadn't even prompted him right then. Out of nowhere, just Hoinsey rips off a hawk. Stood call. up in the room. Yep, that was, that was great. That and and we all just sort of looked around and we're like, "Well, there it is." It, it, that was wonderful. Uh, yeah, always notable when when the hawk call makes its uh, makes its appearance. Uh, Jordan, uh, you know what haven't we covered here? What what are we missing? What what are uh, what do you need to say to the fans in Cleveland who miss miss you desperately? Hey, hey, uh, they don't miss. Man, no, don't Man, miss Mandy's me. Mandy's been great. We we <laughs> love working with Mandy. She's the as as wonderful a, a replacement as as we could have hoped for. But uh, you know, you did some truly wonderful work when when you were here. These guys these guys miss you. I, I see it every time you tweet something. Oh, nobody misses me. They got Mandy. She's great. Um, I miss <laughs> I miss all of you too. Uh, it's been a blast. I, the reasons I moved have all sort of come to fruition is in terms of being closer to family and even, even, even this situation, which is obviously unforeseen, um, kind of again, reinforced like that we made the right call because, you know, we've got the grandparents not too far away and, you know, other uncles and aunts for my, for my kids. And, you know, so I think all those reasons that were personal reasons for moving, have been backed up and have made me think like, yeah, we made the right call. Um, Cause it was a hard decision to leave and we loved it there. And there's not a day that goes by that we don't sort of just as a family is something doesn't remind us. Like I said, today, my kids are wearing tribe hats. Mm-hmm. You know, the other, the other day we had a great sunset here and that made us talk about how much we missed sunsets over Lake Erie. You know, when we lived in Avon Lake, it was such a good spot to walk up to the lake there and, and see, and there's just, there's, so many different things that we miss about it. Um, yeah. So I don't know what we haven't covered though. I mean, nobody wants to talk about the Cubs over there. I know that. Um, I, you but. know, it, it'll be interesting. It will, we'll want to talk about the Cubs when the Cubs come here or when, when the Indians go out to, to Wrigley and that's when we'll want to talk. About. And hopefully that's soon because I'm, I'm dying here. I can't wait for it. I, <laughs> I have been a junkie for my kids literally uh you know travel baseball to start i've just been right dying for it 
even I, I told them, I, I don't care if they're playing in masks. I don't care if we have to sit 20 <laughs> feet apart down the, down the baselines, you know, just let me pack a cooler and get to a game and, and hang out and watch these kids having a little fun out there. Uh, I, we're, we're, we're hopefully getting closer to that maybe at the beginning of next month. So, and I know, yeah, uh, but I mean, I, I think you should have been socially distancing from umpires to begin with. I think, you know, I, they're talking about having them behind the pitcher now, which instead of behind the, the catcher, which looks is going to look really funny, but yeah. who knows? I, Hey, I, who me personally, social uh, distancing from the umpires. I, I, yeah, I, I, I take, yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay. I, I walk into right. the parking lot. If I, if I have an issue, I turn around, I, I do my scream towards the cars in the parking lot. I don't, well, uh, if they're behind the, if they're behind the pitcher, you could charge the mound now. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. My, if my kid's out on the mound, you should see Lou look up at me and say, Hey dad, get out of here. It's it, that's great. Uh, no, but it's been really great to, to reconnect you and, and talk and, and uh, Jordan, I, you know, all the success in the world. Hopefully we, we bump into each other at some point down the road here. Uh, covering covering games that actually matter and count for something uh, let's look forward to that yeah hopefully hopefully there's some uh divisional interleague matchups that we can actually discuss uh that happened this year <laughs> we yeah. don't have to i don't have to keep writing about the 2016 world series <laughs> all right jordan bastion mlb.com cubs reporter uh great to talk to you we'll talk to you again next time on the cleveland baseball talk podcast later joe